All right. What's going on? Uh, not much. So, huge day today. All of America is probably going to change because of a huge decision and a huge rollout today. Okay, what? Chrome OS for the or Chrome for the iPhone. You know what? You're being kind of sarcastic. I don't like your tone. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I was our ask, Google fans would really appreciate. I was going to ask if you downloaded it, but I forgot you don't have an iOS device anymore. I did download it, and I actually really do like it a lot. Is it better than Safari? Uh, I'm sure you already read the reviews about the fact that it doesn't. It's not able to use the uh, JavaScript in, JavaScript engine, so it makes it a little bit slower. And there is that noticeable lag. But I actually do like it a fair amount more than Safari for the iOS device. So it's missing the Nitro engine, right? Uh, which is it's because of a, a stipulation Apple puts on their developers. So that's the big problem there, and why they can't really do anything about it. So why is it that that Apple isn't just denying the browser entirely? I feel like that's against the developer rules to emulate a feature already in, you know, the software. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, what I find really entertaining is that I was reading, and I don't want to try to get too technical in this because I don't know that I fully read it uh, properly, but... Essentially, it's rendering Safari web pages on a browser, and that's it. Hmm. So it's still basically using Safari, but not. Except this is way cleaner looking, or not cleaner looking, but different, I guess. And I, I, I like it a lot. I haven't even seen a single screenshot. I've seen the, I've seen the, the one thing that impressed me about today was the Google Plus iPad application. It's really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw something about that. I don't really use Google Plus anymore. I think I used it for about a year ago for all of about five minutes. In general, you know, uh, this is weekly download. You weren't what expecting that, we were, were you? Yeah. I wasn't. Number 38. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, and we're talking Google I.O. It's day number two. So, it's been a big week. It's been a big month for tech and Google's wrapping it up in fantastic fashion with their annual IO conference. Um, so this year, uh, they did a lot of big work on the Nexus, the, well, it's basically more of, uh, the same sort of Android flavors, but now they're making a big push into their own tablet world with a seven inch tablet known as the Nexus seven. Right, and if you get while the getting is hot, so to speak, you could uh, scoop up a $25 Google Play gift card as well if you do your pre-order now. Yes. So, if you're interested, I think that what you'll find is it is a geekier Kindle Fire, basically. I mean, the right. form factor is pretty much the same. It's, it's a sleeker-looking device. Um, I read on Twitter somewhere that it took them about three months to develop it. So. Huh. That's pretty fast and, development. And then I read that why did they buy Motorola at all? And and I was like, yeah, I completely agree. Like, what is the point of acquiring a hardware company when you aren't even going to use their hardware? Just seems backwards to me. But anyway, can Nexus Seven? Then they had a, I think they had a phone involved with that too. And then there was the weirdo Nexus Q. 
kind of. Oh, I don't even know that yeah. I saw anything about the queue yet. I uh, this whole working a full time job thing keeps me uh, a little bit. It takes uh, my evenings reading up on tech right before I go to sleep. Right. So the Nexus Q is a $300 sphere looking device, which basically is an Apple TV, but only works with Google uh, technology and software. So you can't, you can't even like third party apps aren't, aren't on there or anything. So it's not like you can watch Hulu or whatever, like on an Apple TV or on my uh, Roku player over here. So it seems like a really bloated, useless thing. I can't really see it other than to be a good companion for the for Google Play's ecosystem and Nexus 7. So it's like an expensive toy. I don't know. Unless I'm missing something, I don't. I just don't see the point of it. But you know, that's Google. We'll though. That they have a lot of money to throw at a lot of different things, and uh, this is another example of something that they're going to try. And uh, the most notable example, of course, from yesterday was the Google Glass demo. Now, and I was about to say we talked about that briefly a, a few a few months ago, and I didn't really I hadn't really heard about it. But now I've watched the demo that's on Apple or on Apple on Google's website. I've watched a little bit of them talk about it during this conference, and I think it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting idea, right? This sort of uh, wearable technology and augmenting reality. I mean, it's nothing that is out of the ordinary in terms of technology in general. It's something we've toyed around with for some time, but it's going to really depend on Google's execution and the ecosystem to see whether it really takes off. I think that right now they've got the crown of one of the more exciting uh, companies in technology. I mean, Microsoft had that for about a week with their surface uh, announcement. And then when they failed to deliver in the specifics, Google steps in and really, Hey guys, by the way, even though this is a prototype, you get to demo it next year. Sure. It's $1,500, but people will line up for something like that if it's right in front of their face. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, I, uh, I'm pretty jealous that people get to test it out so soon. Well, and I, I, I'm kind of curious as to seeing, like, what, is, what are the, uh, what comes out of it? Because it's really going to depend on the developers to see if it becomes a niche product or if it becomes really mainstream. I mean, keep in mind that wearable technology has been around for a little while, but it's never really become mainstream. Like, even Bluetooth headsets are one of those still weird things that people you see walking around and you're just like why are they talking to themselves right i always hear it compared to the borg from star trek yeah it's 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 a very science fictiony artifact that's exactly right well it kind of reminds me of dragon ball z if you catch the reference but that's pretty much what it looks like how it acts it's very futuristic but i mean the future is coming and i think google is really playing the really long game with a lot of their technology not just you know the hardware but the software i mean google plus like we've been talking about is a long-term strategy is something that right now we don't get it but we're starting to see the pieces of the puzzle come together you've got the ipad app which is now kicking off i think Facebook really hasn't done anything extraordinary with their application yet. It's more of a platform at this point. So, and that's what Google is good at. They're good at creating platforms. They're good at making you stick with something for a very long time. And that's what Google Plus is going to eventually doing. And when you have such an exciting product with Google Glass, it's just another way to funnel people into their overall scheme. So, in that way, I think it's brilliant. But 
is it the real deal? Is it is it a device that I have to have? It's not a need or a want. It's like a have to. Like iPhone, when it first came out, it was sort of a, oh, wow, that's great. Oh, $600? Eh, I don't know. A lot of people laughed at it. I mean, there was even Steve Ballmer who laughed at it. He laughed at it just because of the price. He thought it was exciting, but he just laughed at it. So now you look at the Google Glass, and one of the first things I saw on my Twitter when they when they announced the price was, ha, 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 $1,500. That's ridiculous. And I said, well, remember what they said about the iPhone. I mean, it's only... Right. And, a- I mean, this is just a beta type thing. Like, exactly. I don't know that... I, I have a feeling we will not see it at $1,500 when it goes commercial. I think the consumer price will be 300 uh, see, I was thinking between 500 and 1000 but mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a $300 device, and then they're going to charge a little bit more if you want uh, 3G connectivity, or hopefully by that point 4G LTE, yeah. but who knows how the chip sizes are going to change by then. So with Google's, uh, Google's uh, demo, they used a huge broadcast satellite. They had their own internal structure. They didn't, they didn't partner with the mobile network to get that done. So... It'll be interesting to see when they have to scale what their choices are and how they execute. Right. So. But anyway, it's a it's an exciting time. It's a really exciting time to be a part of technology, and I think Google, obviously, doing something very googly, very original, um, something out of like a science fiction movie, and that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it fun for technology. That's what makes it fun to cover and see and you know, potentially interact with someday. And I know it's going to be one of those things that everyone's going to get excited about and it's going to pick up for a little while, but then it's going to, it's just going to depend if it's sticky, you know, all of these. This is, I will admit, this is one of the first products, Google glass that I've, I've been really excited about in a long time. Right. I, and I, and I think I'll agree with you on that. I mean, but in terms of the reality right now, I think probably the the biggest announcement came today with Docs and a lot of the other properties starting to go offline. So right, right. they have figured out the syncing problem. So if you collaborate with somebody and they and you drop your connection, your changes will still be made and synced later. Um, my question is, I don't know how it works if two people are editing the same section who's takes precedence or how they manage all of that. Uh, I haven't yeah, really I was kind of wondering about that. Yeah, I haven't really looked I... into it, but that was the biggest question mark that I had when thinking about when are they going to take it offline? But, you know, apparently they have some solution to it. So it's going to be interesting to demo. Um, I don't know if it's live yet, but it should be, I think it is for most people. It's going to start rolling out, but yeah, all around, I think Google's continuing to play their game and, We'll continue to see, you know, exciting developments either way. And they've started to take a page now from Apple. They've started to take a page of being somewhat mysterious, somewhat interesting. Right. Know? And I mean they're they're <laughs> rolling out their own software like onto onto computers or onto PCs now. They've got the Chromebooks that are going to Best Buy. So they're, you know, they're really pushing their products out there even more than just the Androids that we've been seeing. So I thought that was kind of interesting that they're uh, that they've made a new piece of hardware as well, like a Mac Mini looking thing. I forget what it was called, but I don't know if you're familiar with it at all. The Mac Mini thing? Oh, uh, yeah, it was. It's a new Chrome Chrome box. I think it's what they're calling it. I was scouring the internet really fast to see if I could see find it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
missed that or something. I'm not sure. Huh. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I suppose it's not always wonderful for every tech company. I always like to get my rim laugh in. They, no. uh, they're, Re- re- announced their quarter one earnings and they're at $518 million in net loss. Let's just not link to this. You know what I mean? I'm done. I, that's, I, I didn't even, I saw it and I was like, you know what? I'll br- mention it briefly, laugh for a second, and then say, yeah, we all know that was coming. I mean, I'm just wondering, like, what's, what, what is the future here? I mean, BlackBerry 10 coming out in 2013 or, or next year, they're going to have to wait. It's just unbelievable to me that they're not pushing harder to get things to ship by December. I mean, they still have talent there. They must still right. have some people who are willing to dedicate. I don't know. They laid off 5,000 employees. Uh... Right. It's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, there's a few other items of news other than Google. The Retina MacBook Pro orders are lagging behind. So this is the first time I've I linked to this only because I've never seen a letter like I haven't seen a letter like this in a long time. Where customers who have ordered a Apple product are being told they're experiencing a delay and you're going to have to wait. Oh, yes, that, that letter reminded me a lot of when I was very excited for the original Leopard and then we all got the. Leopard's coming, but three months later, because of iOS development. That's right. That's right. They literally had to move people, you know, back. Right. Huh. Yeah, yeah, that's but a good This point. is a little bit different, though, I think, like, because it's just one piece of hardware, and they don't really have another excuse as to why. Well, the biggest problem, as I've pointed out here, is that Retina displays are so new that to get the yield counts required to cut those pieces of glass out is pretty hard right now. It's just not easy. I'm sure their yield is 60 to 70%. Can't be more than that. So you can imagine for every, you know, seven laptops they make, they throw away three more. They can't use them. And you saw the news about the retina ghosting problem now yeah i did see that i'm not sure if that's really happening or if there's actually an issue with um you know most retina pros or if it's just that you know occasional hardware defect when a new product first comes out i mean they had the problem with the you always got to be a little bit careful of gen 1 products especially the joke has always been apple gen 1 products because you really are kind of a beta tester for new apple hardware exactly exactly like the iphone 4 no antenna gate macbook right. air first first ones they were pretty subpar i mean they didn't even have right the, their hinges i believe were coming off right, regularly right the uh you know so on and so forth so if you're still if you're still wondering if you should buy a macbook pro first of all you're gonna have to wait four weeks before it gets shipped to you and second of all you might just want to wait until next wwdc when it becomes when about you know, $1,700 or something instead. And we, and we all know that's coming, so if you can hold off, it's probably best to hold off. From the other Apple news, a couple of small pieces, they've announced a new podcast application. A lot of people are making a big deal about this, actually. 
Have you used it yet? I have not used it yet. Have you used it? Well, no, obviously. No iOS device in this house. Oh, right, right. I was just waiting on a new episode of Weekly Download so I could grab my podcast app and then listen to it. <laughs> you know, I bet it's I bet it's really upsetting some people who have made their own podcast apps. Oh, I'm sure. So 5x5 I mean... five has one, and uh, Mule Radio has one. A few networks. Uh, I think Twit has one. A lot of these people have their own podcast apps. But, you know, it just builds their network brand, actually, come to think of it. So... If you yeah, but I have a feeling promoted. people will probably ditch it for for the Apple branded one just because they can get all of their podcasts in the same place. Right. Yeah, that's the question. I mean, it's the question of how much Apple is going to continue to promote these other people when they have their own podcast app. And what's the motivation here? Why the breakout? Why is it necessary to put it in a new application? There's a lot of cool functionality as a result, but what was the real point? Because when you think about podcasts, you do think about iTunes syncing. So and when you think about iTunes syncing, you think about the music application. You don't think about another application, really. Right. At least iTunes media. Now, other iTunes syncing, like the calendar and whatnot, that's all background data that goes into an application that's already native on the device. So... A new application suggests, you know, a different direction. It doesn't seem, it seems more uh, deliberate. So in my mind, you know, the, the, the paid podcast theory is interesting. I'm, I'm skeptical about it, but at the same time, I do think that it's a step for media to take as well. Because right now you listen to all, if you listen to podcasts, I mean, they're so well done. It blows my mind that they're not making more money than what they probably should. Right. And I mean, some of the ones that are like simulcasts on radio are making some money, but there are a lot of top-notch podcasts that aren't really making a lot of money at all. Exactly. Most of their money comes from sponsorships. So the, the providence of having the ability to charge even, you know, the typical low-end 99 cents for you know, a subscription-based daily news podcast would really be useful to a lot of people. I mean, right now, if you wanted to do that, you'd have to subscribe to NPR News, and that, too, is more of a summary of the news. It's not like a everyday, just-for-iTunes-exclusive, you know, content. And, again, exclusivity on a platform is huge. So, right. you, if, you know, we're talking about how Netflix is trying to grab exclusive content so people will go back to their service. Hulu is doing the same thing. And that's TV. Now, radio is a place that hasn't been dominated at all for some time. And podcast is the first way to really do that because of its on-demand nature. And it's a wide variety of topics, but, you know, you don't have to wait to listen to it. It's like Pandora, but you're totally in control. And so far, it's free. So... I still think a lot of people haven't discovered the content on podcasts either. So this is another reason why to branch it off, make a new application. So I think this will be really helpful for people like myself who used to listen to a lot of podcasts and find themselves busy without maybe their home Mac or something. And they don't really like, I don't particularly like to sync my iPhone all that often or deal with it. And I will, I'll probably end up grabbing this podcast app in a few days anyway. And I'll just start listening when I'm at work doing stuff. Yeah. It's it's just easy, it's on the go, and it's everything's in one, so I can skip from one to another pretty easily. 
don't forget you can download weekly download on iTunes. We're there. It's true. We are. And I don't think we're going to start paying anytime, pay, doing paid service anytime soon. So you all can keep on listening. Well, we got to make money somehow, Chris. Way to, way to ruin that. Now we definitely can't. <laughs> well, we're just looking for sponsors. Man. Tell them about the sponsors. I think that you should sponsor us. If you go to weeklydownload.com forward slash sponsorship, you can learn all about how to sponsor us. You could contact one of us at uh, Tarun at weeklydownload.com or Chris at weeklydownload.com. Uh, I believe sponsorships at weeklydownload.com still works. Does it? Uh, I mean, the inbox is a little barren, but if we could get a sponsor, we sure would love it. One more thing to talk about. No, wait, maybe we're good. Are we done? I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, we talked for a long time last week. Yeah, but you know, we, we, were, we were coming out we were. of hibernation there. It was taking a little time. Right. I mean, we could uh, quickly just uh, a shout out to the retirement of Bob Mansfield. Many probably don't know who he is, but he was the chief hardware engineer for um, Apple who did a lot with the Mac team, was part of the uh, iPad engineering, the original iPad. He uh, officially retired today. It wasn't really front page weekly download newsworthy, but worthy of a mention, I think. Well, thanks for bringing that up, because actually I was wanting to talk about how the last paragraph in the Mac Rumors article said how he sold 99% of his shares before quitting and that Mac Rumors had caught that. Um, he sold off more than $70 million. Fortune noted that back in April 27. And so I was kind of looking through the comments of what people were saying about why this move happened. And uh, a lot of people said, yeah, he's just dumping it because, you know, it's a lot of money to hold on at one time. and Or there was another person saying he's going to get fired, you know, or whatnot. And it's just, you know, he was just being a businessman. You know, if you're going right, to leave a right. company, you might as well get rid and of it. And right now it's probably the time to, to cash in. Certainly when he came there in 1998, or no, 1999, I'm sorry, his stock was probably not trading at $568 a share. Right, that's true. Well, yeah, definitely not. I mean, it, it was probably around 100 or something. Uh, I mean, I know in 97 when Steve Jobs returned, it was trading at $13 a share. Hmm. So I would imagine it would have been between 60 and 100 probably in the, in the 90, like late 90s. One guy said he had a gambling problem. Yeah, I remember reading that comment. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I thought that was a little ridiculous. Thank you, Internet, for that. Yes. All right. Well, that's the show.